fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Chris Field. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Parker Clare. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And Alex Sennard. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Also featuring the talents of Bigfoot as your producer. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. gentlemen to another episode of real deal no sex appeal my name is chris with me as always is parker and alex and we just watched the accountant a movie with as much personality as its protagonist alex i have a question for you why you're welcome buddy <laughs> if there weren't at least a dozen spots where you went oh okay i see why he picked this <laughs> now i don't know what to tell you I, not it, it, in, my, show. in my head chris was just angry for like an hour and then the solomon grundy reveal happens and he went oh okay <laughs> that was no i understood in fact i actually kind of anticipated it because i i kind of know the rhythm there but i, I when i say why i don't mean why did you pick this i mean like why did you see this initially <laughs> Are you kidding me? A movie where Ben Affleck is an autistic assassin who also crunches numbers? How could I not watch this? <laughs> and that's not like us just being shitty. That is the plot. Yeah, right. that's yeah. There's, I, I think everyone knows the plot. We there's so Do many they? commercials for this. Has anyone heard of this movie? No, besides this movie made a like lot this? of money, dude. Yeah, is it really. Yeah, it did. Oh, yeah. Owns... Well, part of the reason it made a lot of money is because there was a huge marketing campaign behind. We were just flooded with advertisements for the account. I remember seeing it constantly. Did, uh, so I would have expected it to make a fair amount of money. Did this come out during a, a peak movie pass? I, I feel like it, it came out during I peak movie pass. I think it did, yeah. Which means Joel probably saw this, what, a dozen times? Oh, you know, I had to get my value, SpongeBob. Okay. okay, before we get any further, Parker, do we have any news? Did anything interesting happen this week? No, pretty quiet week on these fronts. Everything's fine. Yep. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Just keep watching movies. It's gonna be okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's get into our jerks of the week. Oh fuck! I can't believe you've done this. I, uh, you know, Alex. Every once in a while, you have two jerks of the week. Uh, I went the opposite way. I only have half a jerk of the week. Uh, oh no! What my... little person's getting canceled? <laughs> <laughs> no, my my half a jerk of the week is. Uh, I saw something on Twitter. It was a TikTok video. And it, this was some girl who, because there's a bunch of Black Lives Matter protests, I think that something happened in the news or something. Uh, she painted half her face in blackface and the other half is left <laughs> white. Uh, this, this makes a statement. Um, I don't know what that statement is, so maybe I'm just too stupid to get it. Or maybe I'm racist. Uh, but yeah, half of a face of blackface, that gets you on the jerks of the week. But only exactly. halfway. <laughs> Commit to the bit like Jimmy Fallon did. Exactly. Coward. And but, Jimmy Kimmel, apparently. <laughs> but which half, though? The good half. Okay, Reader so... beware. <laughs> uh, who are your guys' jerks of the week? Oh, buddy. Uh, you know, my jerk of the week this week is myself. Because I went downtown, you know, I saw people going after my favorite bar here in Dallas. So I grabbed my sword... I went after them, but uh, I was bested. The 21-foot rule let me down, and I was had the dog shit beat out of me. It was very embarrassing. But, what? like I said, what if they overpowered my concierge? 
then what happens? Well, I'm really happy that you've committed back to the Tradcath ways. It's nice to have someone back on the bus. <laughs> the fucking whiplash, like, they, these protesters murdered this dude, too. This dude has been on Twitter, like, yeah, so here's what happened. Uh, I really like this bar. I dressed up in a fancy suit and go drink there on weekends. I wanted to protect it from when it reopened, so I went at them with my sword, and they beat the fuck out of me. <laughs> <laughs> that guy... Is the coolest person to ever live. I'm really happy that he's still alive so he can have more adventures. The, <laughs> the Don next Quixote day he's just tweeting time. like, well, so I did a thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> also, shouts out to my kings and queens of the week. We're also in Dallas. The Dallas Police Department put out an app like, hey, if you have any video, submit it here. <laughs> so just a bunch of K-pop stands flooded it with fan cams until they took it down. That's <laughs> what we call lawful evil. It's been I- a big week in dallas my friends i my my response to that was just like like in my brain but my brain just immediately went to never thought i'd be fighting beside a homestuck the fact that the entire internet's on the same side here is both refreshing and slightly horrifying if i direct you to my uh, local facebook feeds we have some differing opinions. <laughs> yeah, I and I would admit, I, I would qualify those people as not from the internet. Oh yeah, that's Correct. a good point. Uh, I have to admit when when I hear that people are spamming K-pop stand videos, my first thought was Blue Lives Matter. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Alex, who is your jerk of the week? So my jerk choices. of the week is also sort of related. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah, dude! <laughs> that's my favorite sentence. <laughs> <laughs> so my jerk of the week is. I guess either myself or Squaresoft, because I just found out what a gunblade actually is today, and that's lame as fuck. Is it a, <laughs> I thought it was like a sword that also shot bullets, not yeah, just nope, a that... sword that gunpowder makes it shake like a fucking Hitachi. Like, what the fuck? Are you guys serious? That. God, no wonder that nobody likes FF8. I didn't. I didn't play it that wide. You're. T- are you sure that's what a gunblade is? Listen, like, four people well actually me about it, because we were having an argument about, well, I wouldn't say an argument, more a spirited discussion about why the fuck after 400 years we haven't been able to come up with something better than the bayonet, and naturally, <laughs> that discussion lent itself to gunblade bayonets, and then and then the, the Final Fantasy VIII fans rolled in and were like, well, actually, they're not cool, they're this other thing, they and suck the so illusion bad. is just completely shattered for me. Okay, so, holy shit. I, I I genuinely didn't know that. You just kind of blew my mind on this one. Dude, I have been living with this information for a good four or five hours, and I'm still not over it. Okay, I've played well, two Final Fantasies in my life, so I can confirm that they do suck ass real bad. The only good one is five. Okay, let's get into our recently watched. I watched one that I've uh, never seen before that ended up being uh, pretty good. I, I watched Being John Malkovich. Um, that has uh, obviously John Malkovich, but it also has John Cusack in it, and uh, Cameron Diaz in an unrecognizable wig. Uh, John Cusack, I've seen him in a lot of movies. I saw him in um, Better Off Dead, which I really like. Con Air, I really liked, and whatever that Jackie Chan movie is that Alex assigned me. <laughs> oh fuck yeah, Dragon Blade, dude. Yeah, Dragon. I saw him in Dragon Blade, so. I like that you remembered the title after all these years. Yeah. How could I forget Dragon Blade? That was a movie so long that I have ago. also seen. <laughs> yeah, thank you for that. Um, so here's the thing: I've long maintained that John that uh, John Cusack hates his best movies. Again, Con Air, Better Off Dead. He despises those movies, but turns out he's really good at this. 
Uh, have you guys seen John, being John Malkovich? Are you guys familiar with it? It's been a long time. Yeah. It's been a very, very long time. Well, uh, I have to admit, I had heard a lot about it, and my dad was a, was a big fan, apparently, because he, he just likes John Malkovich, who's a really good actor. Um, and there's a lot to like about it. I think my main problem with it is every single character, except for John Malkovich, is almost entirely unlikable. Now, I understand the movie takes place in New York, so you're going to have a whole lot of unlikable characters, but... Come on, you, you gotta have someone that I can latch onto here besides John Malkovich. Um, I like that the movie asks questions. Uh, I like that the, it never answers them, but it asks questions, and sometimes it's our job to answer them on our own. Uh, I like how creative the archaeology is in the movie. I like that there's this floor eight and a half that they have to get to. Uh, I, I thought it was, uh, there's a lot of creativity that goes into this, and sometimes it's just nice to watch a movie that's like, it's just different from everything else. But of course, there is a main problem with this, and a, a problem that makes it that I'll probably never watch this again. I went to the trivia section. This was almost called Being Tom Cruise. John Malkovich wanted them to use Tom Cruise instead. Marketing executives said, no, use Tom Cruise instead. And instead, they went with John Malkovich. So we were that close, guys. That close to um, get a chance to visit inside of Tom Cruise's head. I want that, but now. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, better movie. Yeah. Like, no offense to John Malkovich, who rules about thirty percent of the time and is unwatchable the other seventy percent of the time. Oh, uh, what's up? I mean, it, it, Checkers Guide to the Galaxy. Look, I, I respect a man that gets his, and like John, you keep getting those paychecks, but like, please don't subject me to more things like Bird Box. Oh, I forgot. Oh, <laughs> That's a movie I purged from my memory. It's I weird how wish I, I could. You know, it's weird how I consider one of his best performances that Super Bowl preview. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. so uh, I have to admit, I, I've had kind of a rough week. Uh, there's just, I, I kind of have a lot going on. And Parker, you said something along the lines of, I, I'm getting to the point where movies are the only thing that makes me feel good. And I, I kind of fell into it. I was like, you know what, I, I'm feeling just complete trash right now i'm just gonna watch movies and at random just stuff that's on my hard drive and i'll just uh, watch it and the the next three were disastrous i almost spiraled <laughs> down because none of these were even remotely interesting so i won't have much to say about them i i don't believe you guys will either the first one isn't even a movie it's just a short it's 20 minutes long it's an iranian movie from the 60s called the house is black it's a documentary. It was directed by a woman, which makes it fairly unique. It's uh, important to amplify voices. And it's, uh, it's about lepers, and uh, they have a rough life. So then Why was this their first choice? I'm really in a down <laughs> mood right now. <laughs> I, I, had heard, I had heard about it. Someone had said, uh, you know, it was. I don't even remember where I saw it. Someone had told me, it was like, hey, this is really good. It's important social consciousness. And it's like, yeah, fine, whatever, put it on. And I watched it, I was like, oh, that's kind of. Just watch weird. Face Off, you dickhead. <laughs> could, you, could you imagine if, like, all of these times that Chris is like, yeah, I've had this movie on my hard drive since 2009. Somebody told me to watch it back on MySpace someday. And it's actually just one of us trolling him for, with the time machine from the future. I'm pretty sure that's <laughs> happened at least once. <laughs> you know? Hey, anyway. get this, man. It's your good friend. Uh, so it's like a cartoon, but here's the thing. <laughs> it's a little raunchy. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> oh, dude, there's titties in it. You like titties, right, Chris? Oh, boy, do I. Uh, of course I do. I'm a college-age male. 
They're the best. <laughs> but hey, okay, so maybe black and white, 20-minute-long Arabian movies about lepers aren't your thing. I can't imagine why. So instead, you guys, uh, Parker, I think you've heard of uh, John Cassavetes. I'll let you make a joke about his name. <laughs> Feats. <laughs> I was going to call it John Cassatreats. But, uh, or maybe John Cassanitz. So... Shadows Present. is his first movie. It's from 1958. Um, and it's in black and white, and it's almost entirely improvised, and it's about the beat generation. Oh Man, if there's two things I love, <laughs> it's improv in the 50s. Oh my god, that just hurt my soul. It is so fucking boring. It's, I, I don't, don't really, say. Okay, hold on, hold on. I... I don't want to call it worthless because this movie did have worth. A lot of people looked upon this and from it they made their own movies. I guess it's like the Velvet Underground thing. Uh, they, this led to a lot of independent movies. A lot of people saw this and they're like, oh yeah man, righteous, dig it. And uh, instead they you know, made their own independent black and white movies that are largely improvised that everyone hates. So it did have that's worth how we for got bad clerks. people. Thanks man. Yeah. <laughs> Just like that fucking Velvet Underground record with dumbasses. <laughs> yes, that is the way that I would put it. Uh, the next one I watched is called The Ascent. Now, Parker, you're familiar with uh, They Shoot Zombies. This is, uh, there's a new one. Oh, buddy. Um, I ever. There's a movie up there that's pretty high up there that I haven't seen yet that Michelle's been trying to get me to see. It's called The Descent. Ooh. Well, this is the ascent. It's not the same. It's just one. It's just in reverse. <laughs> Some Instead fucking Pink Floyd cave. shit. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, the ascent is a Soviet movie. It's about these two soldiers who uh, they have to go up to a mountain, and I guess they have to scout something in advance, and um, they get captured by the Nazis. And I hate to see it. Look. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. My question here. How come the commies couldn't make a good movie? You had so many resources. You, you got Andre Tarkovsky or whatever the fucking guy's name. Why, why couldn't the commies just make like one good movie? Just one. Who comes to you? It's pretty good. You know, honestly, looking back, it's not even that good. This one sucks too. So, hey man, we just watched The Accountant, and America's got a lot to answer for too. <laughs> no, okay, well here's the thing: is the next few that I have here. Well, one of them's the movie from Hong Kong, but uh. The next one I got really shut me out of my phone because I have to admit, I, I was out of this, I was like, what am I doing? Come on, let's watch something that's in color. Uh, let's watch a movie by my favorite director, uh, John Carpenter. Uh, I remember watching a documentary on John Carpenter. I think, Parker, you may have linked it to me. Maybe it was a Masters of Horror thing? I, I don't know. Um, Probably. That sounds like something I would do. It's possible. I, I, I don't remember. I remember watching it at work. And uh, they mentioned the movie Starman on and they said it was the only movie that he made that received an Academy Award nomination. And I was like, how have I not seen this yet? Like, I, I, sometimes I do this thing. If I really like a, a director or, or, or something or, or a work or a TV show, sometimes if I really like a TV show uh, that isn't like a complete set story, I won't watch every single episode of it because I'll be like, I'll save that episode for sometime in the future and I'll be surprised by it. Same thing with like a director's filmography would be like, well, you know, this is something for like a rainy day and I'll, I don't want to complete the filmography yet, but maybe I'll watch Vampires later. Uh, anyway, Starman stars uh, Jeff Bridges as Bird. And um, yeah, he, he, at one point in the movie, I really thought he was going to do that. Uh, <laughs> Starman is actually... It's a different era, man. Yeah. 
Starman is basically like E.T., but for slightly older kids. Except they said that it was for adults. It's not. Uh, it's actually a pretty good movie. And now, to be fair, I am a, a John Carpenter fanboy. I liked Christine. Uh, but I think this one has a lot of value. It's kind of, it's got some stuff that doesn't go for it. John Carpenter does not do the music. And I like the ending theme, but I kind of wish we had John Carpenter's music in this. Uh, it's not as funny as it thinks it is. And uh, the script is really not very good. Uh, Carpenter didn't write it, he adapted it. And it was, okay, so the script was written at the same time as E.T. And it was uh, both presented to, I think it was Paramount. And they chose one and didn't go with the other. They chose the wrong one. They chose Starman instead of E.T. So that's a lot of money they didn't make. Instead, they're like, okay, Carpenter, can you salvage this? And he's like, I think I can. He really believed in the work. This isn't like some of them was just like, oh, he made this movie after uh, The Thing, where he was really disappointed. Parker, you're familiar. He was very disappointed with the Hollywood system. He cared about Starman. He put a lot of effort into this. And I think you can see that because... This is one of the best examples I can see of a movie where it's a director stepping outside of his comfort zone and just stretching his muscles and showing, hey, this is what I can do as a director, not just a sci-fi guy, not just a thriller guy, not just a horror guy. Uh, although those last two are pretty much the same. Uh, it's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's one of its... <laughs> it's, its own, it's a romance, more than anything. It, there is, yes, a sci-fi element to it, not a very strong one. And whenever they try to reinforce it, it's kind of the weakest part of the movie. But here's a really good scene to set it for you. You know that scene in almost every single one of these movies. I, I bet we've done like three movies with this scene where you've got your protagonist and they're sitting at home and they're watching old home movies of them with their deceased significant other having a good time celebrating the fact that one of them isn't dead yet and they're watching it and they're reminiscing about times past. That scene is so cliche and it, it's one of the first scenes in this movie and it was the most tender, tragic moment I think I've seen in a movie in a very long time. I shed a tear. Um, I, I really, really, really enjoyed that. And there were a lot of things I liked, and I, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that Jeff Bridges was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Leading Actor for this movie. Uh, I think a lot of people in our generation just know him as that wacky guy in that bowling movie. Uh, it turns out he's actually a pretty decent actor, and uh, you can see it in this movie. He's, uh, he plays an alien who comes back to Earth, and um, comes to Earth, and he decided that in order to seem less human, he would act like a bird the entire time. And his, his head just kind of like moves around like it's a bird, like it's a bald eagle. And I really just felt like at one point he'd look at the camera and just go, Caw! Uh, but he doesn't do that, so only seven stars out of ten. Uh, there, there are things I really like about this movie, and uh, I, I would give it a tentative recommendation. Have you guys seen Starman? No, it's one of the I handful haven't. I haven't gotten yeah. to. Yeah, it's well, it's not a horror, but I, I'd say give it a chance. I, I think you, I don't think you would go wrong if you watch this one. Uh, the next one I watched was Ninja Champion by Godfrey Ho. Hell yes! <laughs> now we're talking. Talk to me, uh, Alex. Have you seen Ninja Champion? I'm sure I have seen bits and pieces of Ninja Champion several times. So cold open gang rape. Um, oh yeah! All right. Yeah. Well, uh, moving on. <laughs> my first thought when I saw it was just like, oh no, it's it's like that uh, Bigfoot movie that uh, Alex mentioned that was so close to perfection. Oh. It's like, 
if it yeah, well, opens, it in, if it worked for this scene. But as a result, the movie is what if it was I spit on your grave, but with ninjas. And what you tell me is what? Hey, my movie is I spit on your grave. I start to walk away. But then you say, but with ninjas, and I kind of freeze in my tracks, you know? Uh, and I thought to myself, oh, you know, there is a lot to recommend about this movie. And for what it's worth for the gang rape scene, it's a Godfrey Ho movie. You're not really going to see anything. Um, at one point, the, wo- the uh, woman drugs her nipples to uh, uh, incapacitate one of the guys that she gets revenge on. So... Huh. <laughs> This is well, one of those. I, I mean, this is a word I don't like to use because I think it's one of the most overused words in the English language. But this movie's weird. Like, it is so hard to follow. There's a, there is a white guy ninja in this. I don't know who he is or why he's in the movie. He has nothing to do with the plot. Uh, it's it's got the the lead actor from Ninja Terminator, and he uses the Garfield phone. So Parker, I, I know it's on your yes. downloads. Just, oh, you know, buddy. Just fast forward past the first, like, minute. Even then, yeah. it's like, you'll learn later, you'll be like, watch, it wasn't that bad, Chris. And then later, oh, the characters have to tell you it was a rape. <laughs> so, uh, that's, again, this is a Godfrey Ho movie. Chris, I, did you just randomly pick the Godfrey Ho movie that starts with the gang rape? Or Actually, seek this out? no, I have to admit, this one, I, this was a random choice. Uh, I, so <laughs> no, okay. No, I, I went on to uh, I went on to so it goes and I typed in Godfrey Ho. I was like, yeah, whatever's there. And I saw a movie that's just called Ninja Champion. I was like, of course I'm gonna download that and watch it completely. That's blind. fair. I, I understand that. I just love that he has like 50 ninja movies made in a three year span. Right. And you managed to random the one with the gang rape. Uh, well, here's the thing. I wouldn't be surprised if there's more than one. Like Godfrey Ho seems like Godfrey Ho seems like the kind of person who would like use it as like oh yeah it's fine it's just a rape like he they they drop uh, the R word in this at one point no not all right back in (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the most confusing thing about the movie is I don't know who the champion is so the next movie I watched (laughs) uh, I I told you guys a while ago I'm trying to revisit movies I've already seen that came out a couple years ago it's like revisiting the NFL draft. Did Razai Dalling pay off? Well, you know, concerning where he's been. Okay, so... Time will tell. Yeah. Uh, I rewatched <laughs> Get Out. I don't know why. just felt like maybe I could, you know, felt like watching Get Out now. So, uh, turns out, still really good. Still a classic. But when I... Uh, that, I mean, that's obvious. I don't want to say things that everyone else has already said about it. I, I don't like to uh, pave new ground here. But... Uh, the uh, the thing about the movie is I'm watching it from a different perspective now. I'm watching it from the perspective of I've seen Us, and now I'm going back to the first movie. It kind of feels like... Re- remember, we all kind of... Well, Alex in particular, and me also, and, and Parker to an extent, disliked Midsummer, uh, But we liked Hereditary for the most part. Uh, it, it feels like watching Midsummer and then going to watch Hereditary. It's like, oh, do I still like Hereditary now that I've seen that the director isn't really that good? Uh, Us isn't as bad as Midsummer, but it's still a disappointment. Uh, and I have to admit, I was nervous going back to watch Get Out. I'm like, am I gonna, am I gonna cringe while watching this? And I didn't. Uh, Get Out, Get Out is just so finely crafted. This is a very tight movie. Everything works in it. 
Uh, I think my only disappointment with it is it's got the same problem with us, where it's not a problem with the movie, it's a problem with the fans. You would not be, you would believe, I, I went onto a couple of different like movie forums and like checked all the stuff in there. They have theories about Get Out, like, oh, my theory about this guy's, there are no theories. The Get Out, the one thing it has in common with the accountant is it's very clear cut. There are no loose ends. The movie tells you everything. Same thing with us, and that was my main complaint with us is that people are like, "Oh, my theory about no, 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 there are no theories about us." It tells you what happened. You just watch the movie. I mean, it, at some point, I was going through the trivia. Uh, I really thought towards the end, um, uh, Jason Peele originally wrote that he was going to have the grandpas in the body of uh, that black guy who runs. He was, he was the guy who lost Jesse Owens, and he was going to have him say, I finally beat you, Jesse. But he cut it because it was too over the top. I have a feeling audiences may have needed that because, like, they, why, you don't need theories for this. Uh, two things come to mind here. Apparently, the, the lead actress, whose name I forgot already, apparently she still gets asked exclusively by white viewers. Uh, do you think, like, maybe she was, like, also under hypnosis? And no she she was evil you see she was she was part of the family you see how that how that works You're like no but like what if she's also one of the victims no but what but what if she was one of the robots from westworld chris oh don't talk that. to me about westworld <laughs> <laughs> and chris you want to hear my westworld theories no that's the last thing i want to hear yes uh, <laughs> more than anything so here's here's the last one uh again it's there, I don't know what else there is new to say about it. I'll, I'll open the floor to you guys about getting out in a second. But the last one I have here, and I think this one's really good, is remember watching Get Out in the theaters? I, I assume you guys watched the theaters. It was really good. Remember watching the theaters? And I watched it a couple times in theaters because I really liked it. And uh, the first time I saw it was in a packed house. And everyone's uh, making noise the way that they should. It was a really good theater experience. You know, everyone's they're into the movie the way you ought to be into the movie. It's the end of the movie, and he's just taking his hands off his girlfriend's neck. He's not going to strangle her, and then the red and blue show up, and you see the flashing lights, and you're like, oh no, he's going to go to prison. It's like a misunderstanding sort of thing. You kind of expect that ending. And everyone in the audience is like, there's like kind of a gasp, like, oh no, how could this happen? And one guy in the back of the theater goes, oh no! Except it was in the exact same cadence as... <laughs> New York Jets first round selection, fullback. Oh, <laughs> it's kind of fucked up that Josh didn't sit with you, dude. <laughs> Just like, like, oh no! And then, uh, then his friend came out, and everyone went nuts for it. And it's like the most cathartic feeling I've ever had in a theater. So, uh, except for one time I got a hand job. So, what do you guys feel? What? Oh, oh, nothing. Sorry, there's some feedback. Uh, anyway, so uh, what do you guys think about Get Out? Man, you want to talk about personal takes that haven't aged well? The ending of Get Out being too hopeful? Oof. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Well, the fact that he filmed an ending where it was the cops and he was told, like, hey, maybe just give us this W right now. Probably a good idea in retrospect. Cause, yeah, yeah no, man. that's exactly how he felt. He originally wrote it as, like, the cops show up and he serves a life sentence. Uh, I understand why you write that because that's the really obvious ending. You, you kind of have to do it. But part of it, and this is one of the things I really like reading about, as he was making the movie, he was like, oh, come on, they, they've kind of earned this one, you know? They've, 
Wasn't like Ferguson going on as he was writing it? I think I don't remember the exact timeline. Well, well, the, the thing is, he started. I mean, there's so many. If it wasn't that one, it was one of twelve others. Well, the, the thing is, the script had been in uh, the process for a really long time, and you can tell because he, you can sort of see where he put the effort into it. A lot of editing must have gone into this. Like, okay, I'll use this. I'll use this. The stuff about the silver spoon. The stuff about all the slavery. Meta- I, I, again, I don't. Everyone's talked about this stuff. But I think Trayvon Martin was one of the influences for him to write this. Like, like it could have been pick any random month from that year that was probably something. Yeah, and also I, I guess maybe I like a horror movie that has a happy ending every once in a while because you don't see a whole lot of those. Yeah, honestly, just like let's let's end on a high note for the love of God. Yeah, we need this so badly. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it's still a great movie. Uh, I. I don't even know if I have any real criticisms. I, I just like it a whole lot. Uh, Alex, what did you watch? Uh, I got nothing. Parker, what did you watch? Alrighty. <coughs> Bless you. So, uh, thank you. So I watched a couple episodes of Dark Side of the Ring. Oh, Some no. funnier than others, like the Brawl for All <laughs> episode. Brawl for All episode's real good. That's a fun, for the most part, until you get to the end. But like... The fact that they're like, all right, so what should we do? Let's have like a shoot real life boxing competition <laughs> between all of these mid card dudes, because obviously like Stone Cold Steve Austin is not going to risk getting knocked the fuck out and ruining his career. So it's all just a bunch of nobodies. They have one guy they want to win. He gets hurt immediately. <laughs> so they go through with this whole stupid fucking tournament with people who can't fight, with judges who don't know what they're judging, and they get to the end. The wrong guy wins. So WrestleMania, they make him fight Butterbean. <laughs> he gets. Was he okay? He, yeah, because he beat the fucking dog shit out of that wrestler. That sounds rough and rowdy. Yeah, it turns out, uh, you know, weight classes also exist for a reason in real sports. <laughs> uh, Alex, I, that's a sidebar. Do you follow boxing at all? To an extent. Like, I would not really call myself a boxing fan. Like, I'm not in the weeds with it. But, like, if there's a big fight going on, I know about it, and I know who's favored, and I know, like, what their styles are. I'd say you know a lot more about boxing than I do. I really don't follow sure. it. Sure. Um, I, I, I'm more into wrestling, I guess. I think once you once you throw a fist at some guy's head, it's like, whoa, 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 that's no way to sell your problems. Wrap your legs around them like a good boy. Uh, but one of the things I know about boxing is... It's been very popular for a very long time for a very good reason. It is an excellent and efficient way to brutalize your fellow man. Uh, you, can't, you don't just put people you're paying into the ring to do this stuff who have no experience for it and then put them against Butterbean. Imagine you're going to watch fucking The Rock and Stone Cold and Mick Foley. It's like, alright, here's a shoot boxing match with The Godfather. Like, what the f- Can I go home, please? <laughs> Thanks for fucking I, nothing. Like, I love that, like, I don't know what this show is that you're talking about, but when you dropped the Butterbean thing, all I could think about was the fucking celebrity boxing match he had with Manute Bowl. Oh, so what? that's what I'm picturing the entire time that you guys do this. Oh, man. Okay, so I, if I could describe it really quick, Dark Side of the Ring is, like, I guess it's a Vice thing, Parker? Yeah. It's a, it's a Vice thing. It's a documentary series about, I guess, just the WWE, but maybe professional wrestling at large. And it's a bunch of stories about it that... I only watch a Chris Benoit episode. If it's anything like that, then holy Ooh. shit, do not watch the WWE. Like, I know we make jokes that the NFL is barbaric, and it is, but, like, the WWE, I feel actually bad for supporting it. Like, I'm still going to wear my Stone Cold What shirt, but I, I, I cannot support it in good conscience anymore. AEW's different. 
Like a couple weeks ago, right before we started recording, we watched the episode on Owen Hart's death. And I just chose not to bring it up because it's such a fucking bummer. And we were all having fun. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to not talk about this because it's going to dampen everything. It is... Who has a rough watch? It is a... That's why I went for the Brawl for all. Like, yeah, let's just watch these, like, fucking mid-card and lower guys go in the ring and actually punch each other for real. And the end result is no one gets over and half of them get hurt. Good job, everybody. I, I might actually watch some of these uh, because I... I do not know a whole lot about the Brawl for All, and I do not know how Owen Hart died. And I... Oh. 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 Hey. Hey. Hey, Parker. Hey, Parker. Hey, Parker. Funny? <laughs> Why couldn't Owen Hart watch WrestleMania? <laughs> Boy, if that isn't an oldie but goodie. <laughs> His oh, cable <man>. broke. <laughs> That's That takes me back. <laughs> been oh, ruminating yeah. a lot on things that happened 10 to 15 years ago lately. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> boy, that shit is fresh in my car. Oh, I, I don't know if this would help. In fact, it may make you uh, turn somewhat sour on the idea of even watching the series, Alex. But in the Chris Benoit episode, they did not mention that uh, Vince uh, faked his death. Right, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, by the way. You're that not was tell the truth. <laughs> you know the meme of the yeah. guy at the baseball game, like holding his girlfriend by the neck and like pointing at her and talking. That was me pausing, going, "So that week, his fucking limo <laughs> blew up and pretended he was dead. And then on that pay per view, he just wasn't there. And then they had to fucking come out and say, uh, we uh, they did a whole fucking tribute show. It was, I was getting hyped because <laughs> they did a three hour tribute show and then twelve hours later went." Oh fuck! He did what? We will not. We just had everyone in the company say how great he was. It's. Oh, I play a character named Mister McMahon. Okay, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) There's a fucking triple homicide, or worse. He plays a character named Puke uh, because he. (laughs) Dude, when they played that, by the way, in the brawl for all thing, one of the fighters is Puke, and they definitely play that clip from the movie. (laughs) I just—I was pointing at the TV and screaming, "He's gonna puke!" And she didn't want to look. She doesn't want to watch someone throw up, so she just hears me and Vince McMahon screaming at her. He's gonna, he's gonna puke. If he doesn't get oh punched God. in the gut and then like spit up a little bit, like what are we doing? I understand it's shoot, which means oh. for real, but come on, it's ah uh, man, wrestling is. Hey, probably don't watch the Owen Hart episode. It's very upsetting because that was. The most preventable death of all preventable deaths. I should, it is I, rough. I, now I'm just sickly curious about it. It's... Oh, boy. Hey, I look forward to talking to you about it. <laughs> see. So, as one does, I'm strolling through Amazon Prime, see a recent-ish horror movie with no recognizable names. I'm like, alright, sure. It's called Let Us Pray. It's pretty solid. It's a first-time director, so it's the kind of thing where it's Okay, you're taking this influence from here, taking this from here, taking this from here, which, you know, just copy a bunch of people, see if it works. So it's a bunch of people in a prison. It's very, like, Assault on Precinct 13. Some dude comes in, and then shit just goes real bad, and it gets real violent and gory. But the thing is, this is an Irish-made movie, so every single person is someone you've never heard of Except the bad guy, who's Davos from Game of Thrones. <laughs> so that's, it's a hearty recommend. Fuck. Everyone God. has either thick Gaelic or Scottish accents, and then also just people are getting the fuck murdered. It was solid. 
I rewatched 10 Cloverfield Lane for the first time in a long time. Look, there's a lot of unrest going on, but uh, if John Goodman does not get the recognition he deserves, we're going to AutoZone and we're breaking some fucking windows. <laughs> it is ridiculous how good he is in that movie and how much of it I'd forgotten. That scene where they're just sitting at the fucking dinner table and just out in the corner of the screen, you just see him clenching his fist over and over. Triggered something I haven't felt in a long time. It was unpleasant. And we we so, get a lot of unpleasant dinner sequences, but that's got to be in like the Hall of Fame unpleasant dinner sequence. Oh, yeah. Better or worse John Goodman? This or B-movie? I mean, rarely ever are you stumped. Yeah, I mean, what do I even do with I mean, that? We put them both on the on the Mount Rushmore. That's a real Sophie's choice here. All right, listen, I know that Ten Cloverfield Lane is an incredible Oscar-worthy performance, but Parker, think of the honey. He's just being wheeled around in the wheelchair and saying, "I say, I say," while thumbing his suspenders. <laughs> Guys, I should watch Beatles. Yeah, you should. <laughs> Next week's episode, the first repeat episode. Hey, we're call from <laughs> history. We should just do it once a year, just like check back in on it, see how it's doing. Yeah. Did, did we do B movie and Bear in the same episode? Oh, that was Master of Disguise. Oh, right, buddy. Yeah, Master of Disguise. Boy, that was a good episode for Hunter, wasn't it? <laughs> sure was. Now, the other scene I forgot in this movie is uh, when they're starting to conspire against him and plan, and they start playing Pictionary, and his is Santa, and he just looks at them and yells, I see you. I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. I'm like, oh my fucking God, I'm going to panic <laughs> I've seen this movie, and I'm about to have a panic attack. It is, turns out really good, as, you know, as far as movies go, and, man. Clover, Cloverfield franchise, three for three. Absolutely. Yeah. Where did you go wrong? Some people really hated that ending, but I still maintain it's just like a solid like, oh, thank you, movie. Just throw this on top of it. I appreciate it. Oh, my goodness, you guys. So last week, I watched a ninja film. But this week, it's time for the revenge of the ninja. The second of the canon film's ninja trilogy. So th these are the ones that are not directed by Godfrey Ho, right? Correct. The, I think these came you out see, before the Godfrey Ho series. Oh, man. it's. I mean, they're high quality, let me tell you. <laughs> you got that Canon Films budget, you can really just go crazy with it. After Ninja's killed his family, which, by the way, is the cold open of this movie, it's just Ninja showing up and just killing the shit out of a bunch of women and children. It's, it's almost unnecessary. So this guy, who is also trained as a ninja, takes his son, and they go back to America to start a new life. And he goes to open up a doll shop with, like, vintage Japanese dolls. But little does he know that another ninja is intercepting those dolls and using them to transfer heroin. <laughs> it is so incredibly good, you guys. Uh, so it's not even like they're rushing nesting dolls with a little heroin here, a little heroin here. <laughs> like, 20 minutes in... This stupid little kid just pushes a doll over, and then just a bunch of white shit comes out, and the lady freaks out. And the next scene, she's getting chewed out by a white dude who is the bad ninja, who just wears, like, a shitty, really shitty, like, metal Doctor Doom mask underneath his ninja outfit. It's really good. Wait, he's a bad ninja? He's a white guy? Is this just Robert Patrick from Double Dragon? Yes! <laughs> I hope he's got the hair. <laughs> the white guy is the bad ninja. 
and there's also like a whole crime syndicate thing going on and the bad guy there is the most fucking z-tier asylum films version of joe pesci you've ever seen <laughs> it's so good that is exactly like, what i want clearly like there's a thousand percent chance the script says so and so a joe pesci type enters the room <laughs> and they just had to cast from there <laughs> There's a fight scene that goes on like 10 goddamn minutes long, and it's all these white dudes, but then there's one Native American guy who has tomahawks. Oh. It's really fucking funny. Oh, they must have him in and cold then... pursuit. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God. And, like, the Not last a movie I want to revisit this <laughs> The last 10 minutes of the movie, just two ninjas fighting on the roof of a building, also on a rooftop volleyball court. It is <laughs> so Wait, good. Wait, that sounds like Tekken Ball. It sure does, buddy. It's there's a fucking scene where ninjas shoot arrows at him. He catches one arrow in each hand, and then a third one in his teeth, and then just flips the arrows upside down and stabs the guy in the neck. And that was when I rated it five stars, like fifteen minutes into the movie. Okay, I'm downloading it, it now. If I incredibly this good. Here. Oh, buddy, I'm I'm very excited for you to see it. Do you know that feeling? Boy, how do I even start this? Back in the 80s, horror movies would just tell you up front exactly what they were. They didn't tell you if they'd be good, but you'd read the title and know, okay, I know what I'm getting. So as I'm scrolling through Prime and I see a movie called Killer Workout, <laughs> I I have to hit play, right? Oh, man. Absolutely. When you see Killer Workout, also known as Aerobicide, <laughs> you just know what your evening's going to be. Please tell me this is directed video in the 80s. Buddy, the version on Prime, covered in VHS tracking marks. Yes! <laughs> it looks like absolute fucking dog shit. The climactic, like, ending reveal monologue of like, ah, this is the master plan. This Half of the screen is just green lines. That was the best transfer they could find for I'm it. I'm so happy. This movie is a just a firm reminder that jacking off in the 80s was just fucking brutal because oh, I, I lost track of the after the sixth time it just cut to women doing aerobics in tight clothes anytime there's like five minutes of dead space they just cut to women doing aerobics this movie which is about a serial killer just murdering people at a gym should not exist all you have to do is go, hey, three people are dead, shut the gym down, and then the movie's over. But that never happens. Day after day, the people come back, they do aerobics, and then the killer kills them with their oversized safety pin. Now, I'm sure you're asking why. Great question. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I watched the whole movie. There's like three or four twists. None of them make sense. I think it's she got burned alive and changed her identity question mark i don't know but this guy also killed people but she killed him so they think she's the good guy but she also i don't fucking know it makes zero sense i i was gonna say i don't know why these movies exist but you know the vhs marketplace in the 80s was a different time that I would truly love to go back to. Look, if I want, or you just sorry. no, you're. Oh, uh, I was, I was going to say, if I want to watch a movie about a killer killing people inside a gym, I just watch a Toxic Avenger again. That's what I'm talking about. It's a movie about people being killed in a gym, and there's like no gym-related deaths. It's literally just an oversized safety pin. 
So I was not satiated. Which is why I turned my attention to a film called Death Spa. Oh, no. So here's the that thing. Sounds dangerous. I wouldn't go there. <laughs> so this is a spa that has advanced computers running all the machines. And also the computers are being hijacked by the ghost of the main character's dead wife. <laughs> Let that one sink in. Because imagine the look on my fucking face. We keep getting flashbacks of this wheelchair on fire, and I'm staring at the TV like, well, surely this will come into play at some point. We find out that our main character, his wife was supposed to have twins. She miscarried, and in the miscarriage, developed horrible spinal injuries and couldn't walk. So one day she just rolled herself out into the garden, doused herself on gasoline, lit herself on fire, and now her ghost is killing people in a gym. The 80s are so fucking cool, you guys. <laughs> it is... Like, when I got to the point where, like, that he goes to find a paranormal investigator to investigate what's going on at the spa, I knew I had found something truly beautiful. <laughs> it's, it's... And, like, it doesn't even follow its own rules, because by the end of the movie, this ghost is just walking around in a corporeal form and, like, using telekinesis to make people's heads explode. <laughs> It's so fucking cool, dude. It is so good. And the best part is, like, the killer workout was, like, clearly someone just ripped their VHS and uploaded to Amazon, and there's no, like, quality checking there. Someone took the time to lovingly put this movie on Blu-ray. So every single outfit is so crisp. Every obnoxious, ungodly body's piece of spandex... Every Technicolor wall, it's all so vivid and in such high definition. It's, it was preserved. never meant to be seen this way. It should not look like this. <laughs> it almost does it an injustice. But, uh, yeah, it is... It has a line I will think about for the rest of my life, wherein a man is doing an abdominal workout, which is he's sitting on a machine. It's the kind where you just like lean all the way back and forth, back and uh. forth. And a woman comes up to hit on him. And he has no interest. And he ends a conversation with, besides, I'm Beta, and you're VHS. And goes back to thrusting. And I will never forget that as long as I Holy live. Holy shit. That's really good. <laughs> it's really fucking good. Yeah, they really buried the lead on the whole, hey, there's actually a ghost doing this. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And also, just the entirety of the movie is like, hey, we should put some gore in here, huh? And boy howdy. Boy fucking howdy. That's that's what you it just turns for. into the end of it just turns into the end of Carrie, except it's a bunch of people at a party in a gym being tormented by this dead ghost lady. It's very good. The final movie. You know, Chris, a lot of lives have been lost this week. But one of those is on me. Cause as I sauntered on over to the old red box and hit one please for birds of prey. Oh, no. Oh, boy. So here's the thing. That. It's fine. Like, even as someone who... Okay, so the thing with Suicide Squad is a lot of people are like, Yeah, I don't like oh, the movie, you liked but I it. thought Harley... Uh, yeah, this sounds like me. There were plenty of people like, Look, this movie sucks, but you know, Harley Quinn's really good. I did not share that opinion. One bit. I thought she was just as obnoxious as anything else in that movie. 
and I still do not like her, but I can appreciate from afar Margot Robbie just being like, oh no, I'm just going to go a thousand percent into this, and if that works for you, you'll really, really like it. I I don't care for that character. I feel bad saying this, but like, oh, this movie is all about like empowerment and women. It's like, yeah, Ewan McGregor's pretty good in it. It's the one performance I really like, but he is incredibly good. Okay, now I have one and a half jerks of the week. <laughs> it is like a two and a half, three star movie. Like it's fine. Like I didn't like it that much, but I'd watch it over almost every other fucking DCEU movie, like by a long shot. If you ask if I'm going to watch this or Man of Steel again in the next week, it's not a hard decision. Only takes two. <laughs> like at the very least it's very stylized like it's not a bland fucking nothing of a movie like it has style and personality it's it's skip you know I'm passionate about extremely unnecessary R-rated violence but yeah it was whatever I'm glad I didn't see it in the theater because it would have done nothing for me but on the couch it was you know it's what it kind of sounds like a dad movie, movie. Well, let my dad watch and see if it's any good some dads will, you know, dads who like name their kids Harley. <laughs> Some good friends of the show who are still not invited on here. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, you watch anything else? Nah, that should do it. We're already fucking fifty minutes. In. Okay. We gotta strap in for this two-hour movie. Let's talk about the accountant. <laughs> Okay, well, so it's about autism. I'll let you guys uh, the expertise here. <laughs> That's one way to describe it. Okay, here's the thing with this movie. I've never been diagnosed, but there were multiple points I'm watching this movie going, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yep, these things are getting pieced together. Probably should have gone to a doctor when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> real unfortunate that's the thing about it we, we want to give it like a quick plot synopsis it's uh it's about this autistic kid and he grows up to be an assassin and i guess this is supposed to be one of those empowerment movies that comes out every once in a while saying it's okay to be autistic see you too if you apply yourself and if you have the right support system around you can't grow up to be a cold-blooded killer so we all have these opportunities in life um no, it's it, imagine if I'd used my power to like become this number savant and like expert like marksman instead of just being like, you know, there's a lot of different uh, interpretations of Freddy versus Jason before they decide. <laughs> <about this one. laughs> Think of how different my life would be. Would it though? I just like I see him just like freaking out, going, "I have to finish! I have to finish!" And I'm just looking over at my downloaded Creep Show three. I'm like, "Yeah, man, I, need to I have to finish it. It has to happen." It's a real problem. Oh boy! So, um, how does how does the movie begin? What's a what's a cold open? Oh, buddy, <laughs> buddy! Is this, are they at the Harmony Hut or? Yeah, it's it's when they they go to the hospital and uh, the autistic kid's dad explains how he doesn't need to be in the hospital because he instead needs a dose of the real world and. That just by pulling himself up by his bootstraps, he'll overcome autism. Oh, I really don't. Re it, okay, so you buddy, said, you uh, should have paid attention no, 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 to those no, no, first five no, minutes. Hold up. You said hospital. Is it in a hospital room? I thought it was in the the Harmony Hut, that little log cabin they have there. What, whatever you want to call it, like it's it's. 
Uh, so he's there, and I would like to describe the other characters that are there. Just, uh, you know, hold on to it. He's got his uh, brother there. His brother who is a neurotypical. Uh, we won't hold that against him, though. Uh-huh. We call when them they normies just, on this podcast. Yeah. When they just casually drop neurotypical at like an hour 59. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the fuck out of here, uh, dude. His mom is there. His mom wants him to be like, you know, I guess get special treatment or, or something. She... She wants him to not be autistic anymore and to take the medicine that makes you not autistic anymore. Uh, I don't think they have reverse vaccines. Uh, well, <laughs> Damn it, beat me to it. Well, uh, I, I guess she read uh, Flowers for Algernon and is really hoping the doctor did too, but apparently he didn't. Uh, and there's also uh, a girl there who's autistic and she has trouble fitting in and stuff like that. But she's just a secondary ancillary character. She's probably not... But uh, like Alex said, the dad is there and says, no, 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 no. Here's how you uh, deal with autism. Flashbangs. Uh, so <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that's what happened to us in Vietnam. And look at us. We're all doing great. Yeah. Who's off the fireworks? Yeah. Fuck. So, so Alex, I, I'd just like to congratulate you on uh, getting over your autism. Uh, <laughs> let's, not, uh, let's not count our chickens here. But much like flowers for Algernon, I am very likely going to revert to a uh, very special individual. <laughs> okay, so... But if in a regressing for about 15 very years... exceptional individual. It gets easier. So, uh, time passes. The movie is told in a, lo- in a non-linear manner, much like Pulp Fiction. Uh, he, <laughs> sure. He grows, he grows okay. up to be an accountant. Uh, one of those guys who looks like ledgers and stuff with money and numbers, and it's just like, oh, here's how we can scam the IRS. You like to make uh, stupid necklaces, right? And you sell them to people? Guess what? That's a business. So uh, just write it off on your taxes. And they're, and these are these two little hayseeds. And uh, they, they're like, oh, thank you so much for like solving our money problem. Come by our farm in the middle of nowhere. Meet our stupid dog. And uh, who's named Courage. And uh, he's like, uh, yeah, I like to shoot. And he shoots these melons from apparently a mile away with a really loud sniper rifle such a fucked up thing to do to the brains of Rick and Morty watchers (laughs) and uh, if I were used to some Muriel I'd be like no you're not invited here anymore you have to go Um, he's like a I guess this is his private accounting firm and when he leaves he goes to uh, one of his homes uh, this is a home that is it, it's kind of like uh, the apartment in Leon the Professional where it's mostly barren one fork, one knife, one spoon he's autistic but he's still able to fry food um, I kind of thought that would be a microwave situation hey if you want to say something say it to my fucking face <laughs> right? I'm doing the best I can <laughs> they're all struggling like, how, right how is that not like the, the hot pocket heaven right there oh my god can you imagine just a little ham and cheese we would miss out on that advertising deal, honestly. Well, no, don't worry. We got the Ford F-150 uh, advertising deal. <laughs> it's just constantly showing that stupid fucking truck. It's the most popular vehicle in America. Do you even need to run a commercial for it? <laughs> what better spokesperson? Uh, than the autistic accountant. Like Christian <laughs> Wolf. <laughs> so, allow me to press pause for one second, because I want you both to keep this in your minds for the rest of this podcast, Uh-oh. as I did throughout this entire movie. 
I want you to imagine this, and I want you to imagine the number 23 with flipped main characters. <laughs> Fuck me. I don't Both movies this. are better, right? <laughs> yes. Well, one of them is more good, but they're also less good, so. <laughs> just Ben Affleck with Asperger's just fucking murdering dames in film wars. <laughs> Such a better movie. Ah, uh, yes, I am John Kerry, and this is. <laughs> God, if he just. Okay, so the number 23, here's the thing with it. It's just a 17 hour long movie. <laughs> oh my god, you guys. <laughs> He's just fucking. Just like writing out the fucking prime numbers to find 23 patterns. And he's playing the saxophone in math rock time. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> There's like a 20 minute detour where Tool shows up and invites him to join the band. <laughs> That's only enough time for half a Tool song. Okay, so. Uh, Such a better it's a movie. movie. Not everything has to be real, Chris. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> we cut away uh, briefly. Jim Carrey's brother, John Bernthal. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I couldn't get it out. Yeah. You had to get it out for him. Okay, okay, okay. So we cut away to the Department of the Treasury, and we see this is movie has J.K. Simmons, uh, who I like. Uh, I think I just like J.K. Simmons in everything he does. He's been in some bad movies, but I just like J.K. Simmons. He's good in this, too. I like, I my eye is on him the entire time. So he's in there, and I have to admit, I straighten up a little bit in bed. I'm like, oh, hey, here we go. And uh, he brings in a girl who I guess uh, she's like, oh, hey, I just like being an analyst. It's just fine by me. He's like, no, you're lying. You were, you know, you just committed a felony and I could put you away for a long time. And I guess he kind of bullies her into doing some investigative work <laughs> for him on this uh, on the secret agent accountant guy. And look, I like her. I don't, I don't know who, who the actress is who portrays this uh, agent. Her police work is supposed to, like, anyone could do this. She's not even an agent. Anyone could do this. This isn't even, like, a whole lot of effort. It's just, like, this is the most regular, normal Joe Schmo thing I've ever seen. And maybe it's because it contrasts with Ben Affleck's uh, escapades. But, like, it doesn't make her seem like a special person at all. And I know that this movie is about special people, but she kind of stands out as not being exceptional. There's definitely a moment, a good 45 minutes in, I'm like, wait, why are they investigating him? Who fucking cares? Like, why is... Who, I don't According understand. According to J.K. Simmons, like, it's like, imagine the secrets he must hold. It's just like, they want to crack his head open like an egg and see what spills out. Because one of the big reveals is, ah, this guy's laundering money to donate it to a hospital. Like, what? Are, <laughs> how do we tie all this together? How did we get from A to B here? Wait a second. Well, the uh, the important thing here is we, we will have a reveal at the end as to the real reason that J.K. Simmons is hunting another man. Um, oh, you mean where he's just like, I'm going to deliver the whole movie's backstory. Let me just kick back on this couch real quick I, look, here. I've, I've, I've nice heard of worse ways to deliver a movie's backstory than just giving the floor to J.K. Simmons for 45 minutes. <laughs> He lays back, props his feet up, tilts his head on his head, like, you know, 15 years ago on the force. <laughs> so cool. It's like it's I, like that meme of uh, of Ed Hockley explaining the coin flip, saying city states 1,500 years ago often used coins as a form of currency. <laughs> it, it, the movie that it reminded me the most of. 
like the scene that I just was stuck in my head during this was Forrest Whitaker at the end of Street Kings explaining how he set up Keanu Reeves. <laughs> it just like the level of dumb convolutedness. It's just it's yeah, we're jumping ahead. Yeah, so, like it, it's fine. Who cares? <laughs> no one's gonna watch this fucking movie. <laughs> Nor should they. Uh, well, apparently lots of people did. This made a whole lot of money at the box office. Uh, due to that aggressive advertising campaign. So she sets to work on Google.com while um, he he takes a job with uh, a robotics company. He's going to look over their books and uh, just, you know, the accounting and stuff like that. And he gets in there and I, I guess this is the only scene of the movie where we really get to see him work. Uh, he this is a, it, it's kind of filmed in a way like this is supposed to be his big moment like this is his talent is writing numbers on the wall like it's a beautiful mind and uh, he goes over all their books and stuff like that because one lousy intern found a hole somewhere that she, she looked where she wasn't supposed to be looking and she and he gets really excited about it too it's like look there was this thing that's missing over here this thing that's missing over here and Parker you and I were talking about it. it's kind of like what if Uli Ulia was the guy in this movie? <laughs> like, like he's playing Bubsy 3D. He's like, well, you see, this vertex is over here at 35,146 feet. This vertex over here is at 32,547 feet. Why? Okay, well, you know, here's the reason. So you see the, the way the gravity works, obviously 9.8 meters per second squared. And just imagine him, like, pulling you into his living room by, like, the collar to, to like, look at it while he's doing it. Being like terrified to look, go into a pool, but then just pulling out a fucking sniper rifle, and <laughs> absolutely dome shotting a bunch of melons. <laughs> going out there in public, blowing out your fingers and decreasing a pizza by a, by that little like fountain, <laughs> then blowing up a bunch of cassava melons. I brought my lunch too. <laughs> He's so cool. I love him. He goes into his, We stand a king on this show. He goes into, it's a shame they had to cut the Nandi Awesome lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a, he goes into his uh, his house. And, okay, I have to admit, uh, I asked Parker about this and he didn't know either. Alex, if you want to help me out by explaining what exactly this was. When he goes into his room and turns on the heavy metal strobe lights and he puts something on his leg, what is, what is he doing? Uh... It has something to do with the sensory overload thing that the doctor at the weird cabin place talked about. The thing that his dad wouldn't let him do because he had to do, like, jujitsu and be exposed to So he had to, like, rub a metal rod on his on his leg while heavy metal I, and strobe lights go. I'm trying my best, man. Just don't you ask questions. Imagine being this dad and your kid's, like, drunk sauna you and you just fucking, like, dive in the room and throw a flashbang at him. All hours of the morning, you're just tossing flashbangs at your child. <laughs> While his brother's just trying to get some fucking sleep in the next room. Your, your son walks into the room saying, Dad, I'm looking for a, for a boyfriend-free girl. And he just takes you to Jakarta. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Dad. I'm not worried. My value on the sexual marketplace... <laughs> don't! <laughs> just... Fucking <laughs> dumbass kid. Oh, the... damn it, SpongeBob! I spent twenty dollars on that Five Guys. <laughs> oh, those. No, Dad. Actually, I was going overseas anyway, so I might as well frag <laughs> out. 
the, <laughs> oh, I was going to Jakarta anyway. Might as well learn silent. <laughs> I'm going to face the mad dog when I grow up. Well, those rotten jerk ups because they're. She's getting grief like in Modern Warfare by his own father. Hate to see it. God, could you imagine if he called his dad a noob? <laughs> That's why his brother didn't want him at the <laughs> Tore the family apart. Dad, Braxton took my gamer glove. <laughs> Oh, we're gonna do so much punching down. I'm gonna feel so. Yeah, this, ner- <laughs> this neurotypical has yeah. to use the Mad Cat's controller while his uh, retarded <laughs> brother has to use, uh, you know, the regular neuro, the, the regular controller. His, his brother gets to use the Duke, and he's stuck with Mad Cat's. There we go. Got there. <laughs> I think Ben Affleck's character plays inverted. <laughs> the character we all know which character plays inverted. <laughs> Uh, Christian Wolf uses just the thumb and forefinger on the analog stick. <laughs> he just starts screaming because he picks a map of some final destination. <laughs> <laughs> his, his powerful math brain can't comprehend all of the different outcomes that can come from a Pokemon. <laughs> no, no, you, you can't use Peach. You can't use Peach because her down B, sometimes it pulls out a bomb instead of an onion. No, you can't. No, no, no. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, we probably shouldn't make fun of autistic people. That's our entire fan base. We <laughs> fucked up on our part. Okay, I'm not going to cut it. It's the that. three of us and then four listeners. 100% across the board. Yeah, you see, if you add up the numbers like this. Anyway. <laughs> the numbers, Mason. Yeah. Uh, so we have to finish. We have to finish. We have to finish. So, God, if you play Black Ops, you'd freak the fuck out. What numbers? Okay, so as it turns out, separately, there's this other guy who's like hitting people in like the ribs and the neck and telling him to stop shorting the company. And uh, then he goes to the guy who we could we could kind of tell that he was hiding something. He was stealing millions of dollars from this robotics company. Uh, he goes to that guy's house and tells him, "Okay, you have to overdose on insulin, otherwise we'll kill you and uh, rape your wife." Just kidding, we wouldn't rape your wife. Which uh, what a really just... I, I guess he had to be there for the joke. <laughs> um, Anyway, so that's... It's all about the delivery. So that, that seems, like, pretty obvious that it's like, oh, that's his neurotypical brother who also grew up to be an asshole. I mean, assassin. And uh, I, I have to admit, when I saw the two of them there, I really thought the movie was going to pull the old switcheroo that uh, actually uh, Ben Affleck is the neurotypical and uh, <laughs> his brother got hit on the head with a frying pan and uh, made him neurotypical. And uh, he decided that he had to keep the balance of power. It's like the yin and the yang of neurotypical and autistic. And so he decided to become autistic by taking a vaccine or something. <laughs> I don't know. Just... They didn't, the they didn't do this. It's a fucking montage of a mainline vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> Just like over the years. He has like those like... He has, like, those, like, fucking six-needle shots they give you at the allergy doctor. Just like, oh, surely one of these vaccines will do the trick. (laughs) Belting his arm off to get the veins out so he can take a fucking (laughs) fucking flu shot every 20 minutes. 
He has to turn on heavy metal when he gets there to vaccine. <laughs> it's just blaring napalm death and taking a measles vaccine. <laughs> Oh uh, yes, I should I should have known the secret was in rubella all along. <laughs> okay, so um <laughs> I have to go to Jakarta to get the finest chicken pox medicine. <laughs> <sighs> He's shaking down back alley vaccine dealers. <laughs> the, the, one of the one of the, the drug dealers like puts like an inch of coke oh, on the table and he just swipes away with his hand, show me the good stuff. <laughs> Give me that Flintstone trouble. <laughs> I need to feel it. <laughs> Sorry, that's like a funny thing. Okay, so my God, he's had seventeen ibuprofen. He's so powerful. <laughs> it's like sensory beans for this guy. <laughs> it's like in Shoot 'Em Up, where he eats and carrots the whole movie, but he's just. <laughs> Popping Advil, so you can No, no, it's like the first episode of Cowboy Bebop where they spray that mist into their eyes except it's Robitussin. I'm just imagining landfill drowning in a giant tank of pepper at this moment. I don't want to just share that with you. Hi, I'm Christian Wolf too. To make it easier on you, you can just call me Christian Wolf. You're a better accountant than your brother ever was. <laughs> I, I thought you were going with, uh, I'm Christian Wolf. I like to skateboard. <laughs> I would never do anything to embarrass my parents. Like scream when I drop a puzzle piece. <laughs> Can we just talk about how stupid that puzzle piece scene is? Like, uh, uh, autism, that's, that's an important thing, okay? That's like a thing. We should maybe try to treat this seriously. Not solve a puzzle up, like upside down. Like, literally, it's just the blank canvas part of it. You can't do that. He's fucking daredevil, apparently. <laughs> like, I guess maybe the thing is, like, he looks at the piece and then he puts it upside down and he's able to, like, memorize it. Like, the people who can, like, memorize the, the digits of pi or something. But, like, come on. It, it, it's such a silly way to do it. It's, it's like, giving way too much power to, uh... What I'm saying is there's a balancing thing here. Parker, you watch anime. Um, yeah, it's power creep. Exactly. <laughs> he hit Super Saiyan Blue way too fast. He shouldn't be able to solve exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, our kid's having trouble fitting in. You know, he's just really good with numbers. He's not good at talking to people. He has a spider sense. It's, <laughs> it's a lot. They tease him constantly. Yeah. Okay. So on that note, like, think back to think back to when you were a kid, right? Uh, and your fr- and your friend not. is like drawing something, and he's like, "This is my character." And he's like, and he's got like super strength, and he can fly, and he's got laser beam eyes, he's, he's got all these superpowers, and he's mine. And you're like, and you, you draw like your character, and your character can do all those things, except he also can do this. That is basically what the movie does, with, which, by the way, I guess I'm just describing Chris Chan at this point. Uh, this is Sonic Chew. But uh, is, the reason I bring this, this up... This is my OC. Yeah, this, yeah. He's really good at the clarinet and saving money. So, <laughs> so the reason I bring this up is that this movie came out in 2016, right? At one point, the the father brings his two kids to Jakarta so they can learn silent because the director watched the raid. He's just like, my characters can do that too. 
Just, why, just let them have silent. They don't have anything else there. You have to take that from them too? Like, I'm all for cultural appropriation. I think it's good, but like, maybe lay off the silent. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> the views stated on this podcast. No, I've... Only takes two, I've, Parker. I've come out in favor. Oh, fuck. Right? Yeah, you're right. I'm yeah. all for it. <laughs> fuck your culture. It is a costume. <laughs> I keep thinking of, like, since him and Matt Damon are, like, besties, I keep thinking of the beginning of Collateral where he bumps into Jason Statham as the transporter. What <laughs> if he just fucking bumped into Jason Bourne and it was super obnoxious about it? Okay, but what if, what if he bumped into Jason Bourne and then Jason Bourne stared into the camera and said, Matt Damon. <laughs> this is a better movie. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we, we should do that movie at some point. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. <laughs> we have lost the fucking. Okay, body. so yeah, they killed that guy. Oh no, I got, I got, I got, I got. So, right. that robotus. <laughs> so that 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 uh that intern at the robotics company, that accounting intern, I guess. Uh, I don't even know if she's an intern. She might as well be. Uh, she's uh also being tracked down by. Uh, the the assassins who are kind of like a less annoying versions of the one in uh, what, what was that awful Netflix movie you guys made me watch? Uh, doesn't narrow it you down. Sorry, down. <laughs> I'm gonna guess. Yeah, polar, polar. Like yeah. So they're like the less annoying versions of the horrible one friend. polar. Uh, they try to kill Ben Affleck. Aha, very funny. And uh, he dispatches them, and he asks his onboard computer, uh, which has a British accent. Where is uh, where is that girl? They're gonna go after her, and she's like, "Don't go after her. That's a big mistake. You should disappear." He's like, "No, no, no. We have to. We have to go get her." And the onboard computer says, "Like, oh, go over here and like save her life." And he saves her life, and he takes her to his uh, trailer, his second home. <laughs> I, I I don't even care that we skip the Solomon Grundy part because he's just got a fucking hick trailer full of stolen artwork and Action Comics <laughs> number one. He- Guys, let's just say it. He has the Wii van full of guns. <laughs> so cool. He rolls into a parking garage and literally just has a trailer. It's like, oh yes, it is an original Jackson Pollock. Also, here's all my guns. <laughs> <laughs> this movie sucks. I love it. Oh yeah, I, okay, so I guess we should get back to that Treasury agent. I, I want to say FBI agent, but it's just Department of the Treasury. Uh... She's doing a voice recognition thing with software that, to my knowledge, does not exist. Uh, and she's like... Uh, about that, buddy. Sorry, what was that? I sure hope Oh, that. yeah. Anyway, she was able to, uh, using facial recognition software... By the way, she takes a screenshot of the back of his head and sends it to a facial recognition guy. And he's able to come up with who the guy is. I, <laughs> So I know that software doesn't exist. Uh, but anyway... Look, he's got a pretty big fucking head. It narrows it down a bit. So she's able, to, he's able to find like this uh, video where he killed like nine people in the Bonanno crime family, and uh, I think he called, I think they called the Burrito crime. I think they called him the Bazada, no, the Cuomo crime family, and uh, <laughs> the okay, we have to finish. We, we have crime to family. finish. <laughs> Anyway, and they're like, wow, yeah, he's really brutal. Turns out the inside was bugged, so they get, like, an audio tape of him killing these people. And you hear him mumbling underneath the gun. 
pants too. And uh, Mets, baby, what about yeah. the Mets? And anyway, um, she's able. She takes the audio, and it's really chilling stuff. He kills people. Wow, weird. And uh, she isolates his audio. You can't do that. And uh, plays at full blast so she can hear him mumbling under his breath. Chris, just because you can't do it doesn't mean no one can do it. <laughs> Cold blood. <It's... laughs> Look, I'll get around to the previous episodes. So just gonna give me a chance here. <laughs> <laughs> so she hears him saying, Batman and Robin have them, Solomon Grundy, what pants do? And, uh. Uh, she. <laughs> Crush there! <laughs> I demand more toys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he needs a few. He needs a few more items Sorry. for his perfect plan. And inside his uh, trailer, towed by Ford F one fifty, real comfortable jeans. Uh, he he pulls out all these sniper rifles and his his girlfriend. I guess that's gonna be the closest we can get here. Uh, it's just fine with it. We just haven't mentioned, like, Anna Kendrick's just in this movie yeah, for some reason. That's, <laughs> for God knows very, what Yeah, that's reason. the thing. It's, it's like, I guess I'm kind of burying the lead on here is uh, Anna Kendrick's is in this, and so are a whole bunch of other famous actors. Uh, not just um, uh, J.K. Simmons. Jeffrey Tambor is in this. He is not wearing a dress. So. Oh, whatever happened to him? I like that uh, guy. Well, uh... <laughs> Jeffrey Tambor, you made him strong. <laughs> I'm so fucking tired. Of you <laughs> fucking dying. Okay. Uh, I, I don't even know. Really? Sorry. Good luck editing this. Fucker. That should just be the episode. <laughs> yeah, the movie ends. Whatever. <laughs> See y'all tomorrow. Uh, what the hell happens next? He goes to he goes to look for the woman who was sitting next to the guy who stole the money. We thought she was behind it. Turns out she's got a bullet in her head, so it couldn't be her. Oh no, who could it be? Um, I have to admit, I don't know what happened here. So Alex, if I'm missing something here, what happened? We want to jump ahead to J.K. Simmons explains the entire backstory. It takes him 45 minutes to do it. <laughs> No, yeah, you didn't okay, do anything. Yeah. That's correct. Uh, so they do a whole bunch of back work, and uh, by seeing that uh, the, the the treasury agent is just like, oh, if you look really closely, uh, ZCC accounting, it's right next to the place where he murdered all those people. <laughs> <laughs> I could be wrong. Maybe I'm looking at the picture differently, but it looks almost identical. It's fucking right next door in the treasury department. It's like, hey, wait a second. <laughs> Z Z Z is linked to all these businesses. Twenty six plus twenty six plus twenty six divided by se- oh, God, oh fuck me. <laughs> We've isolated the audio. Also, if you divide two by three, it's point six six six. That'll be enough. Upside down and reverse. So Z Z Z, which stands man, swap those main characters. Z Z Z, which stands for Zappa Zappa Zappa, my favorite fraternity is this little front for uh, an accounting up. firm where he helps out mom-and-pop businesses. He's a, he's a white-collar accountant. Uh, <laughs> this always makes me think of the Bill Burr thing where he talks about every time his girlfriend would watch Dexter, he would just go, he only kills the bad guys! <laughs> <laughs> it's just annoying the piss out of her. 
No, it's okay. He helps the good people. Fuck <laughs> off, Wimpy. <laughs> also, by the way, Alex, your comment about flipping the protagonist. This and End of Days. Ooh. Oh, Schwarzenegger oh, is the God. autistic accountant. Whom says no? So <laughs> <laughs> Movies are cool, you guys. Oh, boy. I'm thinking about Arnold. God damn it. <laughs> Arnold just... Fucking flipping through financial records for All right. 15 years worth. But what if we flipped it again and now Arnold is in the number 23? That's exactly what I'm thinking about. <laughs> he killed his wife. Yeah, no shit. Roll credits. <laughs> Look at this fucking guy. Uh, uh, so he wrote a book. Uh, yeah, doubt it. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah, so 45 minutes and he explained the backstory. Uh, let's see how much of the backstory I can remember. Once upon a time... <laughs> Good yeah. fucking luck, I, dude. Okay, I have to admit, when I was first watching, I was like, wait, wait, is Jeffrey Tambor supposed to be, like, the grown-up version of his father? <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, he keeps calling yeah, him his son. Yeah, that's the thing. And uh, he tells them there's money in the banana stand and everything like that, and they're in prison. It's not <laughs> a double entendre. Uh, so, I, I guess the basic story here is that um, the... The, the mother left them because caring for a, an autistic boy can be kind of rough sometimes. And uh, the father, I mean, his solution worked. Just beat the shit out of him. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Look how he turned out. And, and throw flashbacks. He wears that sauna shoot medallion And throw flashbacks whenever he doesn't pick up the energy sword on time. <laughs> exactly. It's a one-minute spawn. Great. You might as well just fucking disconnect. He just costs us the round. Two push-ups right now. Uh, he, t- he takes them to... Took a lot of work to get you he, to 16. He takes both their sons to the middle of, I, I guess, a street somewhere. Is like, okay, go beat up those kids now. So, um, you know, that's a way for them to learn that uh, violence is the answer. So this movie does have a good message. <laughs> It's that divorced dad's meme, but it's just about a dad flying his kids to Jakarta to learn how to play Dota better. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, they, they get older and older, and uh, their mom passes away, and um, they, I guess they both join the military and uh, to, to be with their dad, because that way their dad can keep an eye on them. You can just join the military if you're autistic and get off of them. Checks. Oh, you're prone to freak out? Sick. Here's an assault rifle. <laughs> anyway, they go to... Th- Oh, you tell so, that kid, hey, so, uh, AR-15 stands for Assault Rifle 15, and he is fucking columbining that whole yeah. building. So, so you have to join the military to not get flashbangs. Okay, <laughs> Wait, I have the flashbangs? <laughs> I have the numbers, Mason? So, so they go to her funeral, and uh, the father is like looking over the coffin, and uh, they're telling oh, excuse me, it's supposed to be family only. And... Uh, this really big, hairy, chumly-looking guy puts, like, a hand on Ben Affleck's shoulders, like, hey, man, could you, like, come on, come out of the room? It's a, kind of a solemn moment here. And Ben Affleck responds by, like, shoving the butt of his palm up against the guy's nose, thereby shattering his uh, his nasal bone and then, like, sending those bones up into his brain and killing, like, eight other people there. So he has to go to military prison. <laughs> One guy's just like, hey man, can you step aside? And he just fucking con airs that dude right there in the middle yeah. of the funeral. And so uh, he, he, then he pulls out his gun, which, why did he bring a gun to a funeral? And, uh... Well, never be too and, careful. And, uh, the father steps away. <laughs> what if she comes So back? he, he kills his own father, so I guess he's, uh, kind of bitter about it or something. Kind of a get over it nerd. And, uh, he goes to prison. And, uh... 
Okay, I remember this part. Uh, one of the one of the um, I, I guess this is where the uh, guard comes in, and uh, no, this isn't it. Somehow he escapes from this prison and becomes an accountant for the DiGiorno crime family, and uh, <laughs> the the elder guy is. Uh, you know, he's sent away to prison because I guess he's too old. He's more likely to testify against him or something like that, I guess. I, I'm, I'm kind of losing track of uh, what happens here. Anyway, that guy is released on his own recognizance or takes a deal or something like that, and uh, he gets tortured to death. Thank you, movie. Uh... <laughs> you want to see Jeffrey Tambor get fucking blowtorched to death? <laughs> so uh, they kill him, and uh, Ben Affleck is also in prison with him. I guess it's... But he does, I don't know. Uh, and a guard tells him about it. He's like, yeah, and his body was burned alive. Cool, huh? And uh, he smashes his head in with a steel thermos. Uh, Chekhov's thermos, by the way. Because they show it, they show <laughs> really it earlier is. in the movie. And they're just like, how hard? What do you have to hit to dent a steel thermos? And, uh, you know... <laughs> Some questions, huh? (laughs) Anyway, uh, he he then jumps over the fence and just leaves like he's fucking Michael Myers from that metal facility in Halloween. (laughs) 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 Anyway, he he goes to to the Sleepy Hollow and rents out a room and is uh, his own consulting uh, accountant for mom and pop places and also uh, thieves because there's honor among thieves. That's what autistic people say. (laughs) <laughs> that common phrase yeah. we have. <laughs> <laughs> that's what oh, we sign wait off every a episode. Honor Among Thieves. That's a Sly Cooper <laughs> game. <laughs> and... <laughs> I've never played that game. I've never, I've never played that one. <laughs> I'm Christian Wolf, the thieviest <laughs> raccoon. <laughs> Christian Wolf. That was that was the uh, he was the bad guy in those games. I'm sure. <laughs> Some real, some real yin and yang shit, you know, having to be devout, but also being responsible for teaching humans yeah. sex. Ah, <laughs> uh, Christian Wolf just fucking cheeses these turns in this race, dude. This game is horseshit. Taking it back. Anyway, he's helping out Rebecca Raccoon escape, and uh, he uh, something, something. They're still explaining his backstory. What else is his backstory? Oh yeah, so. Uh, he went to uh, the Bonanno crime family, and it was just like, hey. What's up? Why'd you kill that guy? I was friends with Jeffrey Tambor. He put on a dress and made me look at his knickers. And uh, they're really scared. And he kills a whole bunch of them. And what's a, what's a fucking his name? J.K. Simmons is a treasury agent. This is when he was younger, so he has like three strands of hair. And uh, <laughs> they really did up that movie. Yeah, uh, it's, I have to admit, it's just kind of a funny visual. Like, I'm not saying the movie's stupid for it, I just think it's a funny visual. They're in the stakeout, they're just sitting in this truck waiting for the crime to go down. And all of a sudden, Ben Affleck shows up and just starts murking people. And you see J.K. Simmons has to hurriedly put down his sandwich. Goes, oh, Jesus, they're going up. <laughs> didn't yell action, didn't yell shit, just fucking go. <laughs> It's the classic mouthful of saying, oh, shit! <laughs> Trying to swallow some salami and grab your gun and run Did Did anybody do that move better than Gary Busey? I think he had Absolutely not. That's all I'm thinking about. No one ever made a sandwich Double fisting his gas station. Put that at the beginning of this it's episode. probably true. Thank you, Gary. 
<laughs> you did one for all of us. So, uh... Okay. Switch to the main character. <laughs> all right. It's so far So we have, we have Jim Carrey and Arnold as the brothers, <laughs> and Gary Busey in the J.K. Simmons role. <laughs> Ta-da! <laughs> I'm good with numbers, see? Like, oh fuck, we gotta call <laughs> someone else. <laughs> gotta show your I just imagine him just <laughs> him standing up, just riding all over the walls. It's just you planning the game of games for this year. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just look at this ledger here. Oh, buddy, oh that QBR is not what you wanted it to be. <laughs> oh, sick. Oh, boy. Oh, Twenty-three pass attempts. Well, well, well. <laughs> oh fuck. Oh, number 23 is going to come up a lot this season. <laughs> I've watched Super Bowl 42 a lot. <laughs> so anyway, J.K. Simmons is just, you know, he's got his gun right outside there. Again, it kind of looks like a scene from Leon the Professional. And uh, he gets flanked by our good friend Ben Affleck, who holds a gun to his head and it says, Are you a good father? And like, he kind of says it like the Wishmaster voice. He really does. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) he says he asks are you a good treasury agent to which J.K. Simmons says no Uh, wrong answer I I guess was the right answer in the situation because he got flanked and I guess at the treasury uh, (laughs) academy they teach you not to do that while also you know smelling numbers uh Hey, uh, you're in the treasury. You're going to stake out this mob boss for like six months? I didn't know that was like a thing. I, I, might, I might get into it. They give it, it's not. Well, well, One well, might guess it's probably not. What if they give you a gun? I, I'm going to go to the website. And... Chris, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Guns aren't that hard to get. Yeah, but like... Buddy, I should come down you here. You get to bring one to a funeral. So anyway. Uh, uh, it says here you claim this man is a dependent. We have been asked to terminate with extreme prejudice. We have ascertained that your threshold for minimum income. No, on your knees. Just getting put in an armbar because that nice man from ZZZ Accounting said you can sell your stupid glass blowing says jewelry and claim it. It's a side business. That's my worry vehicle, and then just bear maced immediately. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. uh, let's see. You claim your dining room was your office. I see no computer. I see no ledger. It is time for you to wrestle my legs. <laughs> oh, of course. This is where I make my bracelets. Send the dog unit in. Just <laughs> getting ripped apart. <laughs> the real monsters. The, those treasury bad boys. <laughs> <laughs> Led by Steven Seagal in a fucking no, tank with no, a bunch no, no, of treasury no, people rolling no. over that. Led by Gerard Butler and all of the guys from Dead of Thieves. Oh, fuck! <laughs> oh my god, can you imagine? <laughs> hey, Ditto, you play high school football here? Oh, by the way, uh. Yeah, no, 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 no. He goes to the Sabachi Club. Oh, so, uh. You were on the math club, right? Oh, yeah, I competed against you. Hey, Pythagorean Theorem gets us all, right? That's I would have better. loved more than anything if Ben Affleck's character had like a five minute flashback scene where he played high school football. It was just like the best punter that country had ever seen. <laughs> he's like lining up the coffin putt like in Madden. He's like turning the arrow in his head. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, uh, I cite the volume. I'm going to punt it out of this fucking stadium. 
I am going to kick a 90-yard field. Unfortunately, the coach lights him up at Locksapper instead, so he spends all of his time counting all the bumps on the football. <laughs> He's just counting cash marks, and he goes over his head. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. The referee gets in his face and blows the whistle. I have to finish! Discrepancy. These hash marks aren't the same distance that should have been a first down. Uh, fuck, they win. Shit. <laughs> just expected this. He's he's a, he's the kicker and running back, right? So he's running and he de- and the, some guys coming at him and he deliberately runs into like three more guys because it's closer to the hash mark for fourth down that he's more comfortable kicking from. <laughs> huh. The old Marion Barber strategy. <laughs> I know it well. <laughs> oh, DC's best mayor. Anyway, uh... oh boy, <laughs> that went from a joke for three people to one and a half. Yeah. Yeah, this show sucks ass. It's so. It, I'm so ready to be done talking about this shitty movie. Oh, okay, so we should get to the you climax. fucking pictures. Get to the climax. It sucks. Yeah. I just figured we were gonna skip over all that J.K. Simmons no, stuff. JK Simmons I just want one. It's, it's not important. Stuff when they go to investigate this. When they go to investigate this house, and he just has a fucking warthog turret hanging <laughs> in his pocket. Sort of the funniest visual. He just brings it down by who think is the guy who's going down. Whoa, what's this for? <laughs> that should be strapped on a truck on the Fury Road. It's just this dude's living he just room. Just pulls it's so it down cool. like it's like it's his attic little thing. It's just whoop, whoop. Oh, it's going on up here. Oh shit. Okay, to, okay the so to the climax. Have we even mentioned that the bad guy in this movie is fucking John Lithgow? Oh, yeah, John Lithgow, <laughs> on his last knees at this point. Like, he's still... He's, you know, he yeah. Yeah. Do do. Well, I, I like him. I think he's like, you know... Anyway. Uh, so, the, the climax sucks. I have more to say about the J.K. Simmons backstory than I do about the climax. Honestly, the climax just <laughs> does, in yeah, fact, suck. They just fight, and he's like, oh, I missed you, brothers. Like, I missed you, too. All right, <laughs> <laughs> no, just the, the, like, I still don't understand why John Lithgow is here in this scene. The <laughs> like, it makes no sense. He's like, hey guys, well, actually, what's going on? Like, point. That's after, after, like, I completely forgot about it. At that point, I was kind of like, the climax is basically ballistic X versus Sever, but condensed. Uh, in this one, John Lithgow is just there. So I kind of viewed him as like, oh, the bad guy is at the final confrontation. Makes sense to me. This is a movie. But when you really think about it, he shouldn't be there. He should be in his compound or something. So him being there is kind of like Jamie Foxx being there in, uh, oh, what was the Jerome Butler movie? Um, Law Abiding Citizen. It's like him going to all those crime scene investigations <laughs> and Law Abiding Citizens. Like, wait a second, you're a, you're a lawyer. You should be in your office. So anyway, <laughs> John Lithgow is there to uh, get domed and. Like, he just. It's a fucking home invasion. He murders like 30 of these elite units. He gets in a fist fight, has like a. fucking heart to heart with his long lost brother. And John Lithgow's like, we could have made more robotics. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I it. That is one of my favorite. <laughs> the fuck out of here. My favorite final lines. Yes. <laughs> the, the, I mean, it's so good. Too. You know well, what? I guess, like, yeah. <laughs> I connected an uncomfortable amount with Ben Affleck's character. <laughs> I could just see myself just like trying to watch Puppet Master on my phone with my thermos. Anna Kendrick's like, yeah, I don't know. He's looking kind of silly. Like, oh. yes. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I'm aware. <laughs> 
Well, actually, uh, Charles Band has made several movies, <laughs> and if you watch the Demonic Toys, hey, hey, pictures, did you know that Greg Sestero was in it? He was in the room. Yes, I'm uh, familiar <laughs> with his work. Well, he was. Do you ever like read the trivia? <laughs> yes. He he also made a, a movie, <clears throat> the, the Disaster. Has he had that guy, James Franco? Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, yes, getting back to Anne yes. and Ben Affleck, but when they're eating lunch outside, I felt so bad for Ben Affleck. All he wants to do is just dig into that sandwich. <laughs> he should have pulled out a bento box. <laughs> <laughs> he pours a little thing of uh, soy sauce into the little like trough. <laughs> he just winks at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> bento box. <laughs> The rice ball with a smiley face that's hugging the other rice ball. <laughs> She's trying to eat a fucking club sandwich with chopsticks like an asshole. <laughs> she just keeps opening her fucking yap. All he wants to do is take a bite. So, yeah, accounting's fun. Yes. <laughs> yeah, my dad likes numbers too. Yes, it's just that meme. Yes. <laughs> that's all it is. <laughs> Staring stoically at that poor sandwich. Yes, I know numbers. The dog yeah. does play poker. Yes. That's yes. funny. I, yes. I find the incongruity very funny. Opens his mouth wide. You can see his back teeth ready to take a bite. So I went to the University of Chicago. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes is going to be like my favorite. You know, well, actually, the... There, actually, there's the child's play original continuity will still be maintained on the sci-fi. <laughs> show. Yeah, uh, no, no. You go ahead. Tell me about <laughs> University of Chicago. <laughs> whose slogan actually is "Where fun goes to die"? Why would fun go to die? <laughs> he he really does kind of talk like a kind of like a mellowed out uh, wishmaster. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've never connected more with the movie in my life than just sitting there like, love of God. Like, my headphones are clearly in, just let me eat this fucking sandwich. I'm begging all you. all different Wojak faces. He's just sitting there calling. It's, it's the one from the shower. The Wojak in the shower is, the, is this movie. It's just him staring dead-eyed in the shower. It's, it's the, no, it's the one where his face is red and he's looking directly at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> Every single time that she opens her mouth, he just wants to take a bite of his ham sandwich. Like you can almost just hear his brain <laughs> shutting down. Like if I don't get to eat this sandwich before I go back and read fifteen years of financial records, I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> I love this guy so much. Okay, so you know Stephen King had his name taken off the lawnmower man. <laughs> yes. Okay, Alex, are you still here? I'm so sorry. Unfortunately, we'll finish. No, it's fine. Are you guys just appearing at the end of it for the next week? I'm gonna sleep three hours. Okay, okay, okay. we have to finish. So uh, they kill the bad guys, and the movie's over, right? I can turn it off. No, wait. They uh, he drives away in his Ford F one fifty, and we go back to the Harmony Hut, and there's a family, and I guess. Maybe, maybe I guess he like diverted all those cash funds to the Harmony Hut so they could get more care for autistic kids. And the kid is like uh, lining up uh, zoo animals for whatever stupid fucking reason. Who cares? And uh, he meets that same girl who was uh, autistic buddies with Ben Affleck, and she grew up too to be his Cortana. 
<laughs> Thought us to God. <laughs> now, I know, Alex, we really put you through the rigor for this one, but that is a reveal that is worth waiting for. It's what a so hundred percent good. It earns every bit of its hey, one hey, star. Remember, remember this this throwaway <laughs> character that was in thirty seconds of the movie. Well, she's the key to everything. <laughs> it's. I'm giving the Covenant their bomb back. <laughs> da, 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 da. Now here's here's the thing that I don't like about this. It's uh this is an older woman. It's actually uh, if this is interesting to anyone, this is the woman that they use is actually the woman who did all the voices for this voice recognition software. So little Easter egg for you. Uh, she's nonverbal. That's a real thing, and you know, and she's jumping on a bed, and the cat the kid is a little freaked out by. It. <laughs> That's understandable. Like kids, they're not familiar with the sort of stuff. They could be alarmed by this. They're like, "Hey, talk to her. She's she's nice. She's friendly." And as they're walking away, the the headmaster of the school, uh, so the professor X of uh, the, the, the what if it fucking zooms out? And it's just Charles Xavier's the school. X school for mutants for mutant brains. Uh, God, I bet Alex wishes we yeah. were nonverbal. <laughs> He's like, yeah, she's got a really nice computer. The guys that suffered, yeah, it's like quad core or octo core or something like that. And he's like, yeah, that's where a computer could take down the government. And uh, she's like, check this out, check this out. And she types on the uh, keyboard, uh, which, by the way, I looked at that keyboard. I'm pretty sure it's a keyboard from 1996. Uh, she types into her voice recognition <laughs> software. I think the words were, hey there, Dreamboat, what's up? She's flirting with this nine-year-old boy. <laughs> well, you know, it is what it is. Oh, that's what Jeffrey. Yeah, yeah, there we go. There it is. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> anyway, then he, uh, uh, we we cut to fucking Ben Affleck is driving away in his Ford F one fifty. He just he just fucking gives away a painting like he's Thomas yeah, he Crown. Just gives away. It's <laughs> like goodbye he movie. Gives away his, uh, <laughs> Okay, first of all, he sends it to Anna Kendrick, and it's covered up with the uh, the dogs playing poker thing, because it's in Congress. Yes. And uh, underneath is an original Jackson Pollock. Now, I don't know how she was able to look at it and just know it was an original. Maybe she's also autistic. I don't know. Except for paintings. It's just, on the roof of his RV, she's like, oh my god, is that an original? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> sees that they're like full of cash right like all different kinds of currency i'm pretty sure she doesn't mention it she's just like oh yeah fine he's loaded he has this little room this wee van if you will <laughs> and I, I have to admit i do like the way he says yes it is perfect for me <laughs> it is made specifically for one person ideally and uh he says that word the duke controller actually <laughs> contours to my larger hands so i can hit the left bumper more efficiently <laughs> he just says ideally and she's just like oh so you just want me to go yes <laughs> so anyway he, yeah. you read my mind <laughs> she tears back a bit of that stupid uh, dogs playing poker pay, which actually pretty good pay and underneath is the original Jackson Pollock I gotta admit like I would have a much stronger connection if this had like something to do with autism or Asperger's we didn't even talk about the fact that he's using like the names of famous like mathematicians including Lewis Carroll she 
Okay, so here's the thing that gets me. Lou Carroll is one of his aliases, right? The Treasury agent types in two wrong versions of Lou Carroll or Lewis Carroll into Google before getting the right one, and Google just has to autocorrect for her. Ah, this uh, this CPA that goes by the name of Topsy Kretz. <laughs> <laughs> Enhance. <laughs> the thing is, I like where it took her to some GeoCities biography of uh, of uh, Lewis Carroll and say, "Oh yeah, he was a fantasist and an author and a mathematician. Yes, he was also possibly autistic or Asperger's or something like that." And it neglected to mention that he was a pedophile. Well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what can you do? We're taking it back. Okay, so one last, We're taking the one name last back. crossover. What if they got the kid from Predators? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Just walk. Man, if... Okay, this movie, but he's got the Predator mask that he gets in that movie. And he's just lighting people the fuck up with Predator That's where he got the Warthog machine gun thing. He went to their ship. <laughs> The big reveal oh at the end of this movie is Ben Affleck's brother steps out of the shadows, and it's Bigfoot. <laughs> oh, no! And that's the tea, sis.